It's your man's TKL, Capricious. What's good? My homie Caleb is Capricious. I'm KTKO. And uh, this is another episode of our podcast, man. Coast to coast. Today, we're going to be reviewing shit, you know? Um, there was a movie we watched and two albums that we re- we're going to be reviewing today. And uh, to let y'all know about the first album, the first one we're going to be talking about is a classic. Came out in 04. What were we doing in 04, bruh? I think I was still... That was still primary school days for the both of us, isn't it? No, for me, dude, I was four years old in 04. I was in kindergarten. Oh, shit. I was, I was still my in the UK. Was... I was still in the UK in 04. I was six. I remember this because me and my brother are five years apart and he was born in 03. Ah. Uh, yeah. What else was I doing? I was, I was watching... Um... I was watching Cartoon Network in, in 04, dude. <laughs> I mean, I still watch Cartoon Network now, but, you know. Yeah? Yeah. I pirate Cartoon Network now. <laughs> I, I, I guess that's what I mean as well. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you still have DSTV? Ain't no. no DSTV been in, yeah. Ain't no DSTV been in this house for a hot while. Same here, man. Like, ever since, ever since we got Netflix back in, like, 2016... DSTV yeah. comes some t- some months it's here and other months it's gone. It depends on what's what's gonna be on really. Mm. Like when if it's the World Cup or something, then it'll be on. Uh, other than that, not much. <laughs> yeah, I think it must have been 2017 or 18 that we got Netflix and we yeah. canceled our DSTV subscription. But yeah, like you said, when the World Cup happens, you gotta watch it, man. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I mentioned in one of the other episodes or just talking to you personally that uh we pirate my uh, aunt's DSTV now. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty oh, cool, yeah. actually. Oh yeah, and we uh, we uh, we recently got Hulu as well because oh, my mother that? just wanted to watch some stuff that was on Hulu. I haven't used it yet, mm-hmm. but you know, apparently it has some pretty interesting stuff on it. Yeah, I, I was actually kind of hyped because there mm-hmm. was an option where you can get Hulu and Disney Plus, but that was more expensive. So Ooh, yeah, the, okay. the folks didn't do that. And if we got Disney Plus, bro, you know what I could have watched? What the Mandalorian. Oh man, I I need to see the Mandalorian. I really want to yeah. watch that. Damn. But uh, speaking of uh, Mad Villainy, yeah, it's a collaboration album between legendary producer Mad Lib, aka Quasimodo, and legendary rapper MF Doom, aka Doom, aka Victor Vaughn, uh, and like like maybe like five half a dozen other fucking stage names. Yeah, he has dude. He has so many <laughs> stage names. Yeah. I think every time he collaborates with someone, he invents a new one. When he had that album with Danger Mouse, that yeah. album with uh, Bishop Nero. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He does change his name quite a bit. Mm. And then when he goes back to his, his solo albums, it's, it's back to MF Doom. Yeah, except for that while when he was like the Victor Vaughn. But that's the crazy thing. Like if you look at the track list of uh, Mad Villainy, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a song here that's, that's credited as featuring victor vaughn which is doom again yeah that, that that i also thought about that i was like that makes no sense is this man featuring himself oh, I, man. I, I mean but madlib did the same thing like shadows of tomorrow features quasimodo which is just madlib again exactly exactly also america's most uh, you blooded. know what i bet bro yeah because it's just one yeah i want to talk about that in a minute but uh maybe what they did was they were like since we since we both have other names Maybe just one song each. We, we use our other names. <laughs> you know, like how, uh, like how we're doing and a lot of other folks do when they have one solo track on their collaboration album. Yeah. They like, we got multiple stage names. We just got to have one with the other personality. <laughs> I guess, okay, I guess that does make sense in that case. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, you, know, you know D12, like the, the yeah. rap group? Uh, I mean, they made an album and then there was one song where it was only Eminem on song and they said featuring Eminem, but he's already in D12, so... Yeah, uh, actually, it would probably be like... You remember when uh, that Evil Meets Bad album with Royce and M? Bad Meets Evil, yeah. Be like, it would probably be like if one of those tracks said featuring Slim Shady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it would be like. Yeah. Oh, and bro, speaking of America's Most Blunted, man, mm. that song, man, I, 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 I wrote down a quote from that song. Really? Listening to, mu- listening to music while stoned will change your life. Grass increases creativity. Everyone says they're more creative while they're stoned. I remember that so well. That's actually the bar that stuck with me. Bro, that shit was so funny. I had to write it down. 
I'm not gonna lie, the, this album is uh kind of strikes me as a bit of a comedy album. I don't know if you got that. It's it's really there's some clever bars in there, and they're actually oh, yeah. really funny. Ah uh, man, which which song was it? Be, um, what? Okay, but before we continue, what's your favorite track from this album? I think "Strange Ways" might be one of my favorites, but I was just gonna mention. I think it's "Strange Ways" that's like literally about like imperialism and shit. But mm. yeah, you're right. Like a lot of this album is like funny and comedic. Like, right. It's 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 not a a super serious album. Like it's hard to tell what Doom is rapping about a lot of the times. Yeah. But this one song where you straight up just like throwing a temper tantrum that his girlfriend t- cheated on him. Like that's all <laughs> I could make out from the bus. Like oh, yeah. your girlfriend cheated on you, bro. You're mad. Cool, I get it. <laughs> Doom seems like a, a cool guy to hang out with. I'll, I'll give you that. If you can even find the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about how sometimes for his concerts, he won't even fucking show up? He'll just send like another dude in a mask. In a mask, yeah. yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I, I read about that. It's it's mad. It's mad. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, uh, so, my favorite, I think my favorite, like, okay, I'll give you my top three tracks from here is Raid. I love the, I love the instrumental for that song. Also, I just love his flow on it and like how easy going it is to listen to. Uh, Bistro is one of my favorites as well. Uh, mm-hmm. What else was, what else was good? I mean, I remember oh yeah, I, I, the one, the, the one with, the one with Stacey Epps, Stacey that, that Epps. one. I like that one. Yeah. All caps is another classic, bro. Like that's where he's like, yeah, you write the motherfucker's name in all caps. D o o m yes yes see when his fans always write it all capital letters that's it, true i don't know if this is the first song where he made that a thing but yeah that's that's spell the man's name in all caps man i feel like maybe he has said it before in the past but he just like yeah like he's just proud of, of it now yeah, because like, his fans are doing it hmm. one of the other things i was gonna mention right because doom changes his like stage name all the time one of the things i always forget is this album is called mad villainy by mad villain i always mm. forget which is which <laughs> me too man uh mad villain is just is what it's just the name that 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 him and uh, mad lib yeah, yeah. Two of them is their duo name yeah kind of like how mm, royce and dj premiere are called prime yeah except i feel like these guys were a bit more on the nose about it. like it's mad lib mad yeah. mf doom is literally you know like it could uh, be a villain Dr. name doom. It's exactly a comic book villain no exactly. it is bruh the man straight up named himself after Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom, yeah. Like, yeah, like that's why that's why everyone wanted that uh Doctor Do- that MF Doom and Ghostface Killer album because Ghostface Killer is Iron Man. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it it it's even like uh, MF Doom and Doctor Doom have the same amount of syllables as well, so it it literally sounds exactly like Doctor Doom. Hmm. I mean, it's supposed to be the thing, right? Like Metal yeah. Face Doom. Yeah. Victor Vaughn, that's like his actual name, right? The comic book character. <laughs> yeah, Mario, yeah, right? Victor Von Doom, yeah. And then with Ghostface Killer, he was like, I can't actually call myself Iron Man. So what is Iron Man? A Ghostface, another Metal Face Killer. That was his thinking. I remember hearing about that in some interview or something. Mm. Ghostface Killer is probably my favorite yeah. member from Wu-Tang. Uh, bro, those Wu-Tang guys were such nerds, man. For like, eight, for like uh, kung fu movies and comic books. Like those ones, those guys were gangsters but they were straight nerds man yeah 100 percent, man i mean their name is wu-tang yeah that comes from the kung fu shit in it exactly like, that yeah. was uh rizza rizza was the big kung fu nerd guy right yeah and uh method man as well i, I remember reading somewhere where he got his name mm. can't exactly oh and then there's though. uh the genius who changed his name to jizza because i get he was because i guess he felt left out with rizza's name mm. yeah, and, and now we have and now we live in a world where you get where you have a scissor Oh yeah, Scissor, <laughs> Jizzer, Rizza. Yeah, I remember when she first started popping. Mm-hmm. People were just like, "How do you pronounce this?" Sa, S Z A. S Z A. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause, yeah, because like not because like not everyone in like the mainstream audience, especially in sort of like the R and B world, which is what music she makes. Yeah. Really knew like the Wu Tang Clan, even though they're such classic. You know, they're a classic group, but straight up, the average kid listening to TDE might not know who RZA is. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Because, I mean, most of them were probably born around the time that Wu-Tang, uh, like, yeah. kind of stopped making music. Well, not stopped but making music, but stopped that, being as, yeah. like, frequent making music, you know? Yeah. But despite all that, bro, you got to remember, Wu-Tang is for the children. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, And Tribe so is for the culture, back, right? Yeah. Going back uh, to Mad Villainy, man, like, 
I, I wrote down that it's just like a really fucking good jazz rap album. You yeah. Know? Like, 100%. like if I were to describe this album in terms of genre, you know, it's jazz rap, but not like that super, uh, super like energetic or like funky jazz, you know, it's more like lo-fi, more chilled. Yeah. It's, it goes in like, like this guy, he rap hard ass bars, but because he does it in such a cool, calm and collected way, it's not like, it's not like in your face. Like, yeah, like, like a lot of gangster rappers will be shouting the shit. He's just, he's like very low key with the shit, you know, mm. and that goes into the style, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, I haven't, I haven't listened to MF Doom in a while. I mean, until I listened to this album and yeah, and I, I, I forgot how, how clever his bars are really. Yeah, bro. Especially like, his rhyme schemes. I mean, damn. It was possible I was listening to this, but I was like, God damn, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he'll have like one syllable rhymes, right? But there'll be so many packed between each line. And, exactly. Like, I remember him t saying in an interview how he picks his rhymes is he thinks about what the uh, what the most common, like, obvious rhyme for the word he's using is. Yeah. And then he uses something else. <laughs> damn. So that's probably why he has all these, like, crazy rhyme schemes and stuff. That reminds me of, like, um, actually, the rhyme schemes really re kind of remind me of Tech 9 It's just not as fast Tech 9 That's kind of what MF Doom is to me. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are both very, you know, technically gifted at rapping. But mm. I'd say I'm also a big fan of Tech. But I'd say MF Doom is just a better rapper because yeah, yeah, I agree. Tech Nine's content, oftentimes just not not worth paying attention to. He's for speed and exactly. a dope ass flow. He has a few songs where he really tries to say something. Yeah. But a lot of it is just there's a lot of songs where he doesn't try to say shit or he tries to say something and he you know it's a bad execution at it. Mm. But I, since we're talking about Tech Nine real quick, my, my, probably my favorite song of his in terms of content is that. I think it's oh yeah the opening track of that uh of that album he dropped in 2015 I can't remember the name but oh man, special effects was, special effects that was a, that's a, is that yeah, album yeah, yeah the opening track of that album that was a good album that that was a that's a good Tech Nine album that's probably my favorite Tech Nine album as well but yeah really? like yeah I actually opinion, I I'm not mad at that I like that album I love that album it's good yeah in my opinion uh Mad Villainy right is a yeah. fucking masterpiece but like. Even though I think MF Doom is one of the best rappers out there, like I literally have a poster of the man's on my wall here, mm -hmm. and I love this album. I mentioned to you that I don't actually listen to him that often. Yeah. Just because, like, I kind of prefer to just keep up with, like, what's new and stuff. So right. doing this review was a really good excuse to just go back to something that I knew I was going to enjoy, you know? Understandable, yeah. There was, like, this album is just so consistent in terms of giving you that chill, just, like, it's new. Like it's music that you vibe to, you know. If 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 you understand what I'm saying, like yeah, like, you definitely. Know, in like, like you know, like in a cartoon or a movie. Oh, you know, you watch Baby Driver. You know, in yeah. Baby Driver, when the motherfuckers just got his earphones in and just walk into the world and just jamming and shit. This is the, that type of music, man. Like this isn't party music. This isn't sad music. This isn't music you like. Like this is music that you just have fun to listening to by yourself. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I, I think the best way to describe it for me is that it's an easy listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a real easy listen, and then it's complicated as fuck if you actually pay attention to his exactly. bars and rhyme schemes and things. Exactly. Yeah, that's what that's what gives MF Doom all that so much replay value, man. Like he's cool and calm and it's fun to listen to, but how because of how complex his rhyme schemes are there's always something new you can get from it exactly that's why you, you can just keep going yeah. back to it you can just keep going back to it that's it's you can entertaining. To, like you can listen to the same album easily like, like dozens of times and always keep catching something new that's true yeah so uh, overall what did you kind of what did you think of it you said you describe it as yeah so i mean i, I said i describe it as an easy listen i as i said i mean i really enjoyed the the rhyme schemes Technically, he's, he's a very, very good rapper. Not even good. I'd say he's a great technical rapper. One mm. of the best. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm not... It's nothing surprising. It's just exactly what I expected. I mean, I, I mean Mad Lib. Yeah, Mad Lib on there. You know, amazing production. Uh, MF Doom. Obviously, he's going to come with the bars. That, that's, mm. that's, that's, that's what we know him for. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, like, we both knew, like, MF Doom is one of the best and in my opinion madlib is one of the best producers as well yeah 100 yeah although if i'm being honest they're the best at what they do because like you're not going to get a traps uh beat from madlib and you're not going to get like a loud banger from mf doom mm. you know but for what they do man they're easily some of the best out there but like 
how do you think someone who wouldn't be familiar who isn't already familiar with how legendary these two artists are yeah how would like a new listener feel about this what what do you think um well it kind of i'd say it depends on on what what kind of era of rap they they like uh you know we can go through i mean if if they if they're like if they're used to listening to these new rappers like uh you know with, the, with that trap sound and stuff yeah they're probably they're probably not going to enjoy it quite as much because that's really mm-hmm. more about like the sound and like yeah it's, it's all about the sonics like how how complex the the mastering is and all of that stuff whereas this is more how complex are mf doom's bars and how complex are the instrumentals as opposed to how complex the effects are you know what i mean you know what i'm saying uh yeah 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 i think for me if i had to put my mind into someone who was coming to this for the first time mm-hmm. you would you would love this album if you're a comic book nerd if you're just yeah. like a rap fan and also right you're talking about like the newer generation right lo-fi hip-hop is something that's been popping recently like i was t- i was speaking to my homie the other day and he compared mf doom to lo-fi hip-hop and i was thinking mf doom has been around so long that there's no way he considers himself that because that's just a new term that we've right. created for this like internet like lo-fi hip-hop is a genre that really came with the internet and mf doom has been around longer than the internet exactly yeah but at the, but at the same time you can hear that right like if you're one of those people who do listen to like those lo-fi hip-hop beats you're gonna think mad love is just doing that but on a much like higher skill level yeah exactly you know what i'm saying yeah i i get exactly what you're saying yeah like but... if you're a rap yeah i mean if if you if you so enjoy that's... lo-fi you'll love this album that's that's but also if you think about it people who listen to lo-fi have also a lot of people that i know that listen to lo-fi also have a really good appreciation for old rap music because a lot of it sounds like this this jazz rap so mm. well, well i guess lo-fi hip-hop a lot of it is sampled from old stuff man mm. like the folks will take just like a vinyl scratching like some dusty drum uh, loop and like uh, some conversation from like an old black and white movie and that's a lo-fi hip-hop song right there yeah that's true yeah i mean the other note i took down about this thing was that mad villainy is 22 tracks and 40 minutes man it's so it has so many songs but it's not that long and i yeah. think that's just because these guys they go in for like a verse and then that's the whole song that's true like most of these songs are quite short and then there's a couple that are just like interludes like uh what one one other thing i'll say is because of that uh the, the 22 minutes for uh, yeah. what is it like i mean sorry 22 tracks like 50 yeah. minutes or something 54 minutes 40 minutes 40 minutes it's like 40 oh. something minutes maybe it's even like 39 or something let me check really hold up it's uh it's 46 minutes eight seconds oh wow okay that's crazy um i think uh, the reason because of that is i think when mf doom raps he just doesn't waste any time he just tries to get out exactly what he's saying he doesn't yeah. waste time like like a lot a lot of rappers have like an intro on on the song itself they have an intro to the verse they'll have the verse they have a hook all of that stuff he just mm-hmm. goes in doesn't waste any time just says what he want to say and then, he and, gets then out. and then he's out yeah, yeah exactly yeah, I mean, thinking about it like that, right? Like, because of how complex his bars are and his mm. rhyme scheme, that obviously takes a long time to, you know, write and think up. I don't so, know, because like, uh, I... some some people can just <laughs> freestyle like that, bro. It's mad. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. But, like, what I was going to say, right, is because that kind of rap style probably takes a long time to actually create, mm-hmm. you know, these rappers who aren't that complex can probably spend that same amount of effort that he's putting into a one minute song and end up with like a three minute song because as you said they're doing an intro a hook two verses you know yeah because their rhymes are not as complex and they and they don't think about it that much like i know for me if i'm writing something and i, and I just write it once and then i record it like that's probably something that's not very complex but if i spend a long time tightening something up it's gonna be shorter but it's gonna be you know more complex yeah exactly that's that's what i also like to do i mean i like to do both ways but i was just sort of saying that you know maybe that's that's the reason why this album is so short despite being also so long mm. so many tracks but so, such short mm. amount of playtime. Yeah. yeah and and that actually um 
do you think we're done with uh, Mad Villainy now? Do you want to move on to to Pump a Butterfly? Yeah, that's we, the other album we're reviewing t- today, guys. We can, yeah. And and the reason I want I mentioned that is I wanted to segue into the fact that to Pump a Butterfly is sixteen tracks, and I think that's the the the, the deluxe edition, and it's like easily over an hour long. Yeah, it's like it's, it's an like hour, a, it's an hour sixteen minutes, I think. Yeah, and, and and the fact that it doesn't even break twenty tracks, unlike Mad Villainy, which is like almost half the length. Like to mm. me, that was just wild. One hour and nineteen minutes, sixteen tracks. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, do you want me to start talking about Pimp Butterfly, or are you gonna start? I mean, bro. Um, if I, I know. Um, for me, right. Mm-hmm. To Pimp Butterfly. Nah, nah, nah. I want you to start because I because you told me you love this album and you listen to it all the time. So I'll tell yeah. you my side. Uh, after I want to know, how did you feel revisiting it for this review? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, as you said, I as you said, I told you that I I listen to this album frequently, um, and I I revisited it. It was just like the the same as usual, but uh, a few times I caught something new on a few tracks. Um, but if I, if I can say overall what I think about this project is, I love. I love everything about it. there's nothing bad I can say about this yeah. this this album. Um it it is long, but for me personally it's worth the listen. This is a hard listen instead of an easy listen. You you have to sit oh, down yeah, and really yeah, yeah. really think about what he's what Kendrick is saying to catch everything cuz it's so layered in in all of the songs. Like it, it's just madness. Mm. Mm. That that's my that's my take on right. it. Um if, if Okay, yeah, you, you yeah. go first, and then we can talk about our favorite tracks. Okay, uh, in case there's just some dumbass out there who's never heard of To Pump a Butterfly before, it is an album by Kendrick Lamar off the label TDE from California, and it's an album that came out in 2015, the same year as that Tech 9 album I mentioned, but, mm-hmm. you know, no one, no one really talks about that Tech 9 album anymore, mostly because he drops, like, two albums every year. That's so true. I don't know how he does that. That's probably why he does, Tech Nine's music isn't that, you know, quality, because he's mm. more a quantity over quality kind of guy. So Pump a Butterfly is an album that's just had so much impact on, like, society as a whole. That's why I think it would be really silly if, some, if anyone has never heard of it before, because, like, this is a modern-day classic. Like, like, every time a new album comes out, there's always at least one guy who's like, it's a classic. But to, to Pump a Butterfly, like, that's just a general consensus. And yeah. you don't really see that often with albums that have, you know, are this recent. Exactly, yeah. Um, and for me, going into this album, yeah, and for me, going into this album, right, back in 2015, I, I didn't actually listen to it. I listened to, uh, I remember he, the first single was I, and I listened to that song, and I loved it, but I didn't really have any desire to check out the whole album. I heard King right. Kunta, and I was like, okay, this is a good banger. I, uh, I don't really like it that much, but I feel it. You know, I can jam to this. And then, man, that All Right song, like, it's a, a very religious song, which is wild, because I'm not a very religious person, but I love that song, man. If God got us, then we gonna be all right. Right. Yeah. Hey, man. On, 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 the, on the slightly unrelated note, Pharrell Williams is just very good at hooks, man. Like, remember that hook in that new RTJ4 album, man? Yeah. Look at all these slaves. Hey, messes posting on your, on your dollar. dollar. Get it? Yeah, I love get that. It? I love Bro, that get it, that get it makes the fucking hook for me. Like, it's just like, of course I get it, Pharrell. You don't have to say it so, like, you, like the way he says get it, it's like, it's like you can see he, he he's like, yeah, I'm clever, motherfucker. I did something, yeah. You know what else I liked? Yeah. It's 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 not like a... It doesn't sound pretentious to me. It sounds like that tongue-in-cheek, like, uh, you know, like when someone gets a joke, says he's a like, joke that you like nudging understand, you. but yeah, he's, he's like, get, like, it, get it, and you're get like, it, get it, get it, yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, but you get it. You really get it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and man, I just thought that was so funny and just added to the whole feel of that hook, man. It did. And then, oh, and, and then, exactly and then I love what, exactly. The final line of that hook. Exactly. That, that fucking scream off it, man. It's like, get that, it. That's that's what I was gonna talk about. That's what I was gonna talk about. Like I love the way he screams. Look at all these slave masters. Oh, and then Killer Mike comes in. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar, dude. We need an episode where we just talk about RTJ four. But anyway, okay. Let's, let's get back. Let's get back to Pepper <laughs> Butterfly. We digress yeah, so I mean, far. We away. all know I have more to say just on that RTJ song. But uh, yeah, like I didn't really listen to the album 
the year it came out. Mm-hmm. So I, but when, the first time, the first time I listened to it was in 2016. And like, I listened to it all the way and I was like, yeah, this is good. You know, even though at the time I'd already heard most of the songs as singles, cause like for free was a single you is called something else on YouTube. Oh, it's called, it's called God's gangster or something like that. Yeah. Bruh, I love that song. That, Me too. That, that song is just absolutely perfect. Dude, like if when, anything, like if when anything I saw the, this, yeah. yeah, if anything on this album made me a Kendrick Lamar fan more than I already was at the time, it was hearing you. You just hit me in a way, like, like in terms of emotion and relatability, and just putting that, like, putting that emotion in your song, and also with my own like struggles with depression, man. Like that song just hits so man that shit was just perfect in my opinion yeah that is what i would if people want to know why kendrick lamar is one of the greatest artists uh out there that's one of the songs i'd point to i mean uh when when i saw the music video for that song uh in my in my mind i, I just thought why is kendrick lamar not an actor he can display emotion so well dude i mean if you yeah. if, if you watch if you watch that the music video it's mad I've never, I've never seen another rapper be able to to do that. Yeah, like I have seen other rappers also do stuff like this, but you have a good point there. Like Kendrick does like play different characters, different emotions he does. all the time, often in the same song, right? So yeah, and I'm, I mean, it's, it's yeah. a lot to do. Like, it's a lot what? to do with it, with his voice. Like his voice is so perfect that if he yeah. just inflicts it a little bit, he can sound completely different. And also just the effects he uses. Like he, yeah. like his producers know how to play with effects and you know they go in on that stuff but they do yeah, yeah like I, i'm actually really curious why he hasn't done any acting yet because he he's from la he's super famous right now mm. you, you know and he definitely has the skill at least from what we can tell based on his yeah. music so i wonder why he hasn't been in any movies well i mean, I mean he, he was in know? power he was in an episode of power once but that oh, i think that, that, that's the furthest he's gone yeah he played a crackhead <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never watched Power, man. So I've also why. I've also never seen Power. I've only seen that scene. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I mean, like, plenty of rappers have a scene in like a movie, right? Mm. Tiger's been in a few movies. ASAP Rocky's been in a few movies. I love how Tiger comes like... up in every single podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like, none of them have, are, are like Dave East was in a um, was in a few movies as well. But like, and Dreezy, Dreezy, and Dave East were in that. Uh, I can't remember, but I have to remember for when we were, we talk about these hip hop movies, but yeah, yeah. Like a lot of rappers have like one off characters in like music related movies, but none right. of them are really actors in, in this, unlike maybe Chris Brown, who honestly sucks at acting and singing in my opinion. And like, uh, yeah, like TI is in a couple of movies. Like, oh no yeah. One... Ludacris as well. Oh yeah. Ludacris is Fast more rapper Furious. now. Yeah, he's more actor nowadays than he is a rapper, really. Exactly, like, I think yeah. his last album came out in 2015. It was a good album, but, you know, no one really cared even, about it. Like the even di- Common as well is, is more of an actor now. Yeah, yeah. Common is more well-known for those family movies he does with Ice Cube every, like, few years. There we go, yeah. Yeah, like, only his real, only, like, his fans will sort of pay attention to his actual music. That's true. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, man, like, I think Kendrick Lamar could maybe well be someone like that. And I'm actually really curious why he isn't. Maybe he just has some kind of stage fright that he doesn't get in the booth that he would get maybe on set. <laughs> I don't know. Um, or may- maybe maybe for him, it just yeah. doesn't feel like authentic because, I mean, you can tell Kendrick is a guy I, uh, of authenticity. So maybe maybe, maybe he's just... he didn't write those characters. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like, the reason I assume maybe it might be a stage fright problem was, uh, like... He, despite him being one of the greatest artists alive, whenever I see his live shows, he doesn't have that much stage presence. You know what I mean? No, like, I don't know, dude. I, I find, I find him hype. I find him hype on stage, bro. Like, uh, especially yeah. at, at, at the big concerts. Like, damn, dude. And Rolling Loud and all that stuff. Yeah? Yeah, maybe, he's, maybe he's the clubs, wild, maybe, bro. Maybe the clubs I've seen are just when uh, I just not that good yeah i mean uh, i mean uh, especially especially after like damn was released when he went on tour he's dude his concerts have been wild ever since then like seriously yeah yeah he yeah. interacts with the but crowd I mean, and everything and he, he he just looks like he's having yeah. such a good time yeah yeah like oh yeah yeah like i'm not saying he doesn't do that right like when you have a 
so much fame and a budget like that. Like, look at Travis Scott, look at Kanye mm. West, look at Drake. Like, these guys can do so much at their concerts because of the budget they have. And yeah. that's really what you have to do. Because, again, Travis Scott at his concerts, bro. I see that man perform. I've seen, I see videos of that man performing live, and I'm like, oh, okay. I might not even listen to his album, but I'll, I'll go to his concert. Dude, you know? he, dude, Travis Scott, <laughs> Travis Scott by far has the best concerts. Like, yeah, but, but, oh, but like straight mad. up, I don't feel the same way about Kendrick. Like, I will, I will listen to every Kendrick Lamar song. I might mm-hmm. skip out on a on a live show, because from what I've seen online, maybe that's just me being wrong about this shit. But from what I've seen, it just doesn't seem like there's that much there. Mm. But well, like, I mean, I yeah, I, I can see how I can see how you would think that. that. Also, I feel like ra- rappers who are more like who have like more serious music, it's kind of harder to be a bit hype yeah. at your concerts. And if you think about it, most of the bangers that he's made mm. are are really all about like serious things. So it's it's yeah, really like about it's really about the, the like angry, you know? Yeah, it's it's really about the content and also, um, I feel like you you said that that uh, Travis Scott and them have bigger budgets, but. Kendrick seems to me, at least, that he's all about simplicity, and it, I don't think it would be it wouldn't be like him to yeah. to have a really expensive I mean uh, concert I, like that. I, I've seen uh, when he performs at award shows, like some of his MTV and BET stuff, like the yeah. sets he has, like straight up that should cost more than my house probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that that's what I'm trying to say. Like, like uh, in 2018, right? You saw, yeah. I don't know if you saw, but when he performed at the Grammys. Yeah. That was wild, bro. That I was think wild. That might, was that one of the ones where they had like a car engine? I think they like smashed it up or burnt it. In no, 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 no. That, 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 that was one with Rich the Kid. Um, ah. The, the one, mean, the one yeah, I'm talking Frieza, about. Yeah. That's probably the one you're referring to. That one, okay, that one wasn't good. I, I, I agree with you. But uh, <laughs> he had a bad day that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean the the oh, Grammy oh, the oh, Grammy performance, yeah. dude. Even even the performances from To Pimp a Butterfly, they got banned from YouTube because they were so outrageous. <laughs> Incredible, man. But uh, yeah, I guess like every artist just has a bad day once in a while. Like Skepta, he mm-hmm. performed shut down some like British award show, and he the got shut down. The, all the comments are just about about how he's doing a terrible performance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can't always be good, you know. You, I mean, you, you yeah. can't always be. There has to be some like, bad things. The comments were like, this guy was clearly clearly got high before he realized he had to be on stage. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just doesn't sound like he, or look like he was really all that there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Like, um, I was mentioning the acting thing, right? Kendrick Lamar, right? I know he's doing some kind of thing. Like, remember that little homies thing he has with the visuals with some other director guy from Compton? Yeah. Um. I know that I know the two of them were doing something recently. They got um, Yara Shahidi and um, what's that other guy, Baby Keem, and like a bunch of other like actors and rappers and like young folks to like um, do some kind of short. You must have seen it on Kendrick's yes. Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw, I saw. Fan. I, I know what you're talking about. I think where like Baby Keem is just like staring at the sun and like it's yeah. so beautiful, and Yara is just like, what the fuck, bro? Oh yeah, that, that was like that was like, that was like well. that was like in the beginning of the year or something, right? Like yeah, some yeah, sometime earlier this year, yeah. I remember seeing it. Ah oh, man, I just realized if it wasn't for this for this lockdown, whatever that was might have been out by now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> whatever show or movie or short film that was, probably would have been out by now. Yeah, it's it, not out but right now, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, no, it's 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 not out. Um, it was supposed to be the debut like movie or something of that of that that company that he made with those guys. It's called like PG Lang or something. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to to, to Pimp a Butterfly. We keep on digressing. <laughs> yeah, <Pimper> Butterfly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This I ADHD man. I keep going off topic, but yeah, I listened to it for the first time in 2016, and since then I've come back to it maybe like maybe once a year or so but like the individual songs right mm-hmm. all right i listen to that all the time king kunta still gets played all the time you know i and you are just classics you know you is a song when i'm in like a, a, a depressive episode that's that's the shit that i can just wallow in you know mm. and i i is a complete opposite you know it's a declaration of you know i love myself but you can hear in the song like it's not him being like cocky it's him you know how people will like do those positive affirmations where they look in the mirror and like they say they're beautiful, they say they're gonna succeed or this and that to like make yeah. themselves like 
That's exactly what I is, yeah. That's what I is, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not a person that really does that shit, but, like, mm. I know people who do that, and, you know, if that's what if that's what you do to feel confident, then, yeah, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get that, bro, definitely. You were talking about how layered this album is? Yeah. Let me, uh, I'm trying to read my notes here and talk at the same time. Because my dumbass uh, listened to what listened to both these albums once. Because for those who, for the people listening, right, we planned to record this episode a while back, like a few days ago, but we we just didn't have time, and so we put it off. And my dumbass just didn't go back to the album since then. But uh, yeah, I went back to I the MF Doom to album the this concept, morning because right? English prefers, yeah, like. English professors have, like, given their students this album as, like, an assignment. And, like, that is so wild to me because that clearly shows how layered this is. Yeah. But I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I don't get it. Like, the first few tracks, I was listening to it. And I'm like, I, I wrote down, I think this is supposed to be the history of, like, Black America. But, like, reimagined as, as some ghetto dude's messy-ass relationship. Because if... If you listen to like for free and let me find the track list, like those first few songs almost play out like 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 the history of starting in Africa, being enslaved, being shipped, being, you know, um, oppressed and then the fight for liberation and all of this shit. Like it almost sounds like a metaphor for that, except he keeps talking about this relationship and some girl and how his dick ain't free, like straight up. My, my note for four three was this song is incredibly funny, but I do not get it. <laughs> where where I know I wrote that somewhere. Like, oh, oh damn. No, I feel I like have I've, major criticisms for this shit. Well, hold up. I, I think I think for free was was supposed to be a just like kind of a, a comedy song. Because I mean it's a very yeah, serious where, album. Yeah. Wesley's Theory featuring George Clinton and Thundercat. Mm. Bruh, that first verse when, when Kendrick starts rapping. I straight up, I thought that first verse, like at least the first 16 bars were just bad. I can't even remember what he said on the whole And, uh, uh, but yeah, but yeah, like, right? Like, for free when I sign, homie, is I'm about a relationship, but it also sounds, but it also sounds like, like, like a dude talking about, like, wanting reparations and, you know, like he straight up talks about 40 acres and a mule, but that makes no sense in the context of a relationship, so... Are you trying to, t like, okay, Riz Ahmed released an album this year that is 100% okay. inspired by To Pimp a Butterfly, and it's called The Long Goodbye. And that album is straight up about, like, his own experience as um, an Indian dude who was, whose country was colonized by Britain. You know, he's a British dude, yeah. but he has this history of colonization going through him. So that album was straight up about his people, in a sense, having a relationship with Britain, and he wrap that from the perspective of an actual like romantic relationship of him being the part of like India slash Pakistan, you know? Yeah. And that sounds like what to like what the first few tracks in this album is like, you know, because even King Kunta is straight up called King Kunta because of Kunta, uh, Kunta, Kunta Kinte. Name, right? Yeah, yeah, Kunta Kinte. Yeah. Like, but then the actual song doesn't really have much to do. Like, it's like, it's just basically a banger about someone achieving success and there's a stuff about like uh like a straight up parts about i do not understand why he keeps bringing up this relationship and then this like okay because when i was thinking about it right like it is very possible to do this because riz ahmed did it as well and he is clearly kind of doing it here too in my opinion mm -hmm. but i don't understand why like why would you want to talk about like for colonization from the perspective of a relationship like what does that really i think why I, don't I think what, um, what okay, what I got from that was that it's telling the story of uh, Kendrick. Be okay. So first of all, I think it has a lot to do with institutionalization, yeah. right? You know the the, yeah. the 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 fear that you can't live with whatever you've been exposed to uh, if you leave that environment. And what I got from the album is that it's about uh, this these characters breaking out of their institutionalization when they go into the real world also having to do with kendrick leaving compton that that's kind of what yeah. I, that's kind of what i got it's all just like metaphors for that in my opinion oh, i don't know yeah 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 that, yeah him, him going from the hood to like 
white America. Like it's still, exactly. still in LA, but going from like Compton to Hollywood, you know? Exactly. And, and, and it's him not being able to live without whatever he was doing with his homies back in Compton. Oh yeah, 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 bro. Like people talk about how this album is very much about like uh, black liberation, but to me, it's it's a lot more about his personal feelings and struggle. And yeah. just because he's a he's a black dude who came from the hood, that shit's gonna come up. Well, I mean, you know? I think I think it also has to do with that. Really, it's it's a it's a few things. I don't think there's any one specific thing that the album's about. It's just it's, it's a lot of things. Yeah. I I I'm tr I'm looking at my notes, man. I wrote down. For for free, very high concept makes no sense. King King Kunta banger makes no sense. Still a classic. <laughs> uh, also, I wrote down, bruh, I, did you? Is the album does the album version have that actual glitch, or is that just my uh, my version bugging out? In what? King Kunta. Yeah. At the, the end, album, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. No, no, it does. Not, not, not like at the end. No, straight up in the middle, and then it, and then the proper song, and then like like if you watch the music video. That version, like I know, like for example, I the album version is completely different. So I thought maybe this was something like that. But also, it just sounded like a glitch, like when my like when music doesn't download properly. So I was like, I need to ask you, is this actually on the song, or was or was my version just bugging out? But what what was the glitch? What, was, what did it sound like? Okay, let me see if I can uh, find it again, because I mean, King Kunta is just like right here. Okay, while well, while you do that, I'm just gonna go through my favorite tracks from this thing. Um, yeah, number yeah, one for me. Oh, oh, yeah. Can you play it again? Alright. Here's the song, right? And if I go forward just a few seconds, can you hear that? Nah. Is that the actual album or is this a glitch? Oh no, that that's not the album. That that sounds like the music video, isn't it? Well, I'm playing this off Deezer, so it can't be. That's weird, because my version doesn't have that on Spotify. That's, that's strange, man. Then oh, again, uh, there, were, there were a lot of uh, weird things that happened with this album's release. Do you know yeah. that it was originally only released with the censored version? For real? By I accident. Mean, I, do remember, I do remember that there were a few versions of this album, but I, mm. I, I, think, I think if I heard about that, what you're talking about, I must have just forgot. But man, that's just funny. Like accidentally releasing only the censored version. Yeah, that, that that's what happens. That's what happens when <laughs> when you you're like a record label and you have to try and get out like five different versions of an album in one night. Something's bound to go wrong. Oh yeah, man. Because like TDE, like they do have they do have connections with bigger um, labels, but they yeah. started out as like a small label. Exactly. And I mean, I at I, I believe what they really. I believe that they're, they're, they're a, a sub um, group of Interscope. Yeah, yeah, it's Interscope. I remember looking at the damn and, album, like and Aftermath. Lupe's album, like Lupe's albums have Atlantic as the mm. logo for the you know label. Yeah. My uh, my the the dam has that I, so I'm like, what is I? Who's I? Oh, Interscope. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but uh, that yeah, that's why like, that's why Dr. Dre is always like doing stuff with them. Oh yeah, because you just mentioned now, Aftermath is also part of Interscope. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. I watched Straight Outta Compton. They talked about Interscope. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So yeah, what was I saying now? Um, looking at this shit. Yeah, man. I wa I wonder if uh, like this album is very much a masterpiece in my opinion as well. Yeah. But I wonder if people are giving it maybe too much credit credit in terms of its politics and social messaging. I, I think like I it, think it's the only reason why people could say it's political is because of what I mentioned earlier about the, yeah. the, the institutionalization stuff. Like because I mean, he, he, he kind of it can be seen that he uses that of his own struggles as a metaphor for like yeah. uh, black liberation and all of that. But at the same time, I don't think it's really that uh, that layered as uh, in mm. in that. But but whatever people take away from it, I guess they're gonna yeah. say so. Like like that iconography is all over this album. You know, mm. as I mentioned, King Kunta, and just looking at the album cover, right? Yeah, his homies in front of, of the White dudes. House. Yeah, like this is obviously like there's a lot of political imagery throughout the thing, but I don't actually think it's 
at the core of it, it's a, I don't think it doesn't seem like it's about that. Mm. Like that just seems to be a part of it. Yeah, you know? it, it's definitely it's in definitely not the, the whole thing. Of... It's definitely not the whole thing. I would say yeah. dam is dam is even more political than this. Yeah. Mm. Maybe maybe we should revisit dam then. I mean, we can eventually. Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. um, okay. Yeah, yeah you you yeah. say institutionalized, yeah. Institutionalized is another song I wrote down that is is perfect. Mm. You I wrote down is perfect and it, 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 it that it almost always makes me cry because straight up bro that shit is dude sad. it's sad it is sad yeah i i all right it's a banger and anthem and i don't give a fuck yeah as i said i'm not a religious dude but all right is the shit man uh i'm just looking now this is i think this was from uh, this line I, I wrote down a line i think it's from either mama no, maybe it was, I can't remember which song it is, but remember stealing from the rich and giving to the poor? That's me at these awards. And like the, I think I that is that from like, I heard that bar and I was like, damn, that's dope. And then I, and then I thought about it like, wait, how though? Huh? How? How? Like, <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a punchy bar, but it yeah. doesn't actually make a lot of sense. And I feel like that, like that most of the political iconography Kendrick puts here, like, it's clearly something he thinks about a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it really makes sense all that often. But straight up, bro, the dude is flexing on Mama. Like, Mama is a song where he's just showing you, yeah, he can fucking rap. That's true. That's true. Um, oh, yeah. You, you were talking about... Ways, about like, uh, I know everything. I know everything. I know everything. <laughs> I can't remember. Like, I found that shit just so funny. How obviously untrue it is. <laughs> But it's just such a, such a dope brag where he's just like, I know everything. I know this, that, everything. I think this, he's being that, sarcastic, like, though. I, I feel like oh. it, there's a little bit of sarcasm in it. Yeah. You got to take it with a pinch oh, of salt. Maybe he was, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like uh, we were, I mentioned RTJ, like I could pick up the, the tongue and cheekness in Pharrell delivering that hook. I couldn't actually pick it up with him saying like, I know everything. Like it sounded like. It sounded more braggadocious in that song, but maybe he was playing a character because he plays. Yeah, a lot he of does play a lot characters of characters. I mean, album like what? What are what are the, the characters in this album? There's, there's Lucy, there's Uncle Sam. Who else is in this? Like straight there's up, King else. Kunta sounds like he's talking about King Kunta for free. Doesn't sound like he's talking about himself. Uh, like um, that other song. Uh, what's it? How much a dollar cost? Mm -hmm. That could easily be about himself, but it could also easily be about some other rich dude. And he's also rapping from the perspective of, this, of the homeless guy in that song. Like, Kendrick plays so many characters that it's hard to really tell when he's been himself, I think, sometimes. Yeah, you see, you see why, why I say this album is a hard listen. Yeah, because like, he, who, what, his himself oftentimes comes through in the characters he plays mm. rather than here's a character and then here's me you know what i'm saying like they're usually sort of gelled together and it can be hard to decipher which is which sometimes right right which is which, yeah like you're saying yeah that probably is why this was such a hard listen for people and people had to really think about what was going on here exactly yeah, bro. oh my god fuck what I, I i completely understand why i don't feel this album as much as some other people because I'm I'm a dude that listens to a lot of like underground stuff, right? So I'm just used to a lot more thoughtful, conscious political stuff. But Kendrick Lamar is a big mainstream artist. Even before this album came out, like what he he was already like one of the big up and comers, remember? Yeah, yeah. Like from so, Good Kid Mad City and like Section fact, 80, yeah. Yeah. Like I think when you when you keep in mind that this is an album from a, a Grammy winner, one of the most famous people nowadays, like Drake is not making this shit. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 100%. It's just not going to happen. Like, people hype up J. Cole all the time, too, and he straight up isn't making this shit. Like, I'm not saying J. Cole's a bad rapper by any means, but I, mm -hmm. I think you do get that thing with, like, famous rappers, just because of how well-known they are, they do get, in a sense, overrated because of how, just because they have a bigger reach, more right. people hear what they do than necessarily something that's more thoughtful by someone less famous right right yeah so it's not really that i think this album is bad like i like i said i think it's a masterpiece just but for very different reasons that than than everyone else considers yeah 
yeah, but I just don't think of it as highly as like a lot of people do. Understandable. Uh, Makes sense. Um, there, there was one oh, line yeah, on, yeah. on, there was one line on this album. I can't remember if it's from institutionalized or hood politics where he says, if y'all really cared about a conscious rapper, then killer Mike would be viral or something like that. And mm -hmm. th that, that was, that was a dope one. And obviously man, that was 2015. Exactly. Right? That was 2015. So that just shows, I, I mean, Killer Mike's been doing it for that, a while, bro. Yeah, but like in 2015, what, I think RTJ2 wasn't even out, right? No, Yeah, no, yeah, no. RTJ2, RTJ2 came, came out in like 2014, 2014, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like you think about that, right? Like RTJ is when Killer Mike got famous. So, mm. you know, like Killer Mike's old stuff, like he's been around forever. You know what I'm saying? He has, yeah. And, 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 even, and even the fact that that's the dude Kendrick picked. Like I can think of so many less famous people than Ken than Killer Mike that also make just incredibly thoughtful, you know, really good music that gets you thinking and you know has a deep message to it. But still, though, I mean, it, it's I, I like it because it shows that that Kendrick still keeps his ear to the streets even after all of his like fame and everything. Because yeah, lots of people know Killer Mike. But I'd yeah. say that I'd say that it's just a cult following, really. There's there's not there's not really like us hip hop heads know Run the Jewels, RTJ, and all those people. But they're not they're not viral by any means, or they're not well they're not that well known. Honestly, man, I'd say in the hip hop community is where RTJ aren't that well known. Because I think the fact that it was a, an, an an adult swim thing that brought the two of those together, like yeah. if you look at their cult following, a lot of those guys aren't actually hip hop nerds, you know? Like they have a big following outside of like people who usually listen to hip-hop so, that's true um but yeah like when i was trying to figure out what this what this album is actually about i told you about how i thought the first few tracks were about this messy relationship mm -hmm. and a, a metaphor for colonialism and just like the history of african-americans yeah um the second half of the album seemed to be like a story following his like political journey you know speaking about like what it means to be a black American, what it means, you know, talking about pan-Africanism and black power. Like, it didn't seem that these were things he necessarily believed in or advocated for as much as they were things that inherently related to him because of his own identity. And be as you said, becoming famous, going into Hollywood, made these, you know, going into a new world of privilege and power made him really consider these things, you know? And it seemed right. to be a journey of his own political, trying to form his own political identity right i mean That's also I also was about. also it's about um i mean he spoke about this on the breakfast club i think it was and he he said that yeah even though he's he's his famous and stuff and he still gets depressed because there's people that he can't help so a lot of the album is about him trying to deal with that as well because even though oh, even though he yeah. even though he's helping his family he still can't like help yeah, every single I, person so like, like like, even if you're a millionaire and you're trying to be charitable, like, did you, have you seen how much shit Keanu Reeves does for, like, mm. just helping people out for no fucking reason? Like, yeah. But still, is the world utopia now? Like, there's only so much someone with money and privilege can do. Like, they can help out tremendously, but there's still only so much you can do without actually changing the system. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. but uh, going on to hood politics, man, I, I wrote down, because... You know, in that song, he's like, uh, blah, 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 boo, boo, this, that, boo, boo. I wrote down, K-Dot, boo, boo, ain't an insult, bruh. Like, it just sounds so stupid, man. Remember that song? He's like, all your music, boo, boo. Your, your album, boo, boo. Like, he's like, in, like, he's like calling out people for like having like trash ass shit. But the fact that he's saying boo, boo, it's like, what? You're a child? It's, again, no, it's just, it's just supposed to be funny. Again, like honestly, like honestly, it reminds me of when he laughs, like songs where he's like, when he says pee pee. <laughs> like what? Pee pee with you know, a PRS. Don't that, dude. Don't say this <laughs> shit. Hmm. <laughs> uh, where are we at? Hood politics now? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, man. Like, what was after that? How much a dollar uh, costs? How much yeah. a dollar really costs? Yeah, I, I like that song. Yeah, man. How, mu how much a dollar cost, honestly, has one of the best instrumentals on this album, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, um, complexion, yeah. for me, 
is the best feature on this album because it's got Rhapsody and obviously Rhapsody just kills it, man. Like, oh yeah, damn, man. she oh, went man. hard. Let me talk oh, my stew's got. Excuse me on Rhapsody. my Tupac. I love that song. Rhapsody's little bit there about like how the next James Bond could be Idris Elba and and how that meant so much to her. Like, honestly, yeah. I'm so sad that shit hasn't happened yet. Dude, like, same here. But you know what Idris Elba did get to do? He got to be a cyborg bad guy in that latest Fast and Furious movie. And like, he got he got to play Nelson Mandela, so I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, like, but like, I mean, like, a Nelson Mandela story is obviously gonna be like sad and serious, you know. But mm. a James Bond movie is is a fun action movie, you know. And that's like, true. that's what that's what you know we need. Like, not everything mm. starring you know people of color needs to be about like our oppression and shit you know sometimes motherfuckers just want to see black folks in space with laser swords and shit <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and uh yeah like that's and, and it does really hit me that like they've been this came out in 2015 we're five years later a few you know uh, james bond movies later and this hasn't happened yet but uh, actually actually 2015 2015 was the last james bond movie that came out and then there's supposed to be another one that's oh, really? coming this year but it's gotten delayed so many times bro i straight up thought there have been more hasn't there been more james bond movies nope. since 2015 nope for real the the, new, the next one was supposed to come out this year uh, yeah but was it idris alba that got cast because i know no no, no no it's 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 the last it's the last one with uh oh daniel, what's, what's craig. daniel craig yeah yeah, the last one with Daniel Craig. I remember hearing something about like I, I don't think it was Idris, but it was some other black person. I think it might have been uh, a black woman. Yeah, like, the, like the, some British black woman. So what it is is that there's there's this black woman who's uh, who takes over the 007 name in the new one. That that's what it seems like from the trailer at least, um, because Jesus James Bond Christ, gets I, gets I kicked have, from MI6 yeah. or something. I mean MI5. I have I internet MI6. right here. I can just fucking Google who this girl is. You can. <laughs> I'm doing that right now. Anyway, while uh, while you while you go th- while yeah. you do that, I'm gonna say what my favorite tracks from To Pimper Butterfly are. Um, number one for me is Mortal Man. Um, I'm gonna go with Black of the Berry after that. Complexion. Uh, I, you, alright. These walls, you know, uh, institutionalized. I love that song because it, it gave us like a classic. It's it's Snoop Dogg, but he sounded like his classic style, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, and, and bro, you know Snoop Dogg isn't making that much like political music on his own. Like exactly. But, but he does actually make a lot of political. Like if you he. Well, he used to at least. If you listen to his new stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of it is just him making music for fun. But there'll always be one or two tracks that's just like, no, actually, shit's fucked up. Like fuck Trump, fuck this, fuck yeah. that. You know. <laughs> I mean, he goes wild but, on his Instagram with the political stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, his Instagram is mostly just jokes that, like, like he reminds me of my one uncle that keeps like sharing, like, yeah. Also, man, like, I think it is how much a dollar costs, but straight up, that song is about like it, like if it is written, like if the rich dude in the song is him, it's mm-hmm. about him selling out. Like, it's him trying to be like, trying to revel with the fact that by getting famous, he has in a way sold out exactly like, yeah which is like damn bro also the girl's name is Lash- i say girl she's probably older than me but uh lashana lynch which reminded me of something which is that every time i see someone with the surname lynch like you know there's that uh disney channel dude russ lynch i always i, I always have to do a double take mm-hmm. and especially considering this is a black person with that name like straight up bro if that was my son name i tried to change it <laughs> damn yeah yeah me too bro lynch although although now although when you think about it like most of our surnames come from shit like this right like most indian south african surnames are a class system like naidu palay chedi like the reason these are so common names is because they're not like your family they're what class of people you belong to in you know the old indian society and like you see with like in african americans and with like uh colored south africans a lot of their surnames are straight up like Joey Badass has a line in in uh, one of I forgot the song, but it's a really dope song where he's like, "We still got the last names of our slave masters." You yeah, know? yeah, straight up Jackson Adams. You know, why yeah. the fuck are those your last names? Because some motherfucker named Adam bought. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, I think we should we should wrap up to Butterfly now. 
Um, any okay, last okay. any last thoughts? Yeah, like uh, let me see. To close off, what I want to talk, what I want to say is, uh, I don't, I don't know whether, cause you know how, cause you're colored, bro. So you're probably aware that like some colored folks will say like I'm Turkish or I'm Cape Malay, mm-hmm. and it not actually be true. It's just a way for them to feel like uh, they're connected to something. I don't want to insult people too much, but it's almost yeah. like a way to feel unique. Like how people with like brown eyes will say my eyes are hazel or right, something, right. you know? Uh, and so I kind of wonder if does Kendrick actually have Zulu heritage or is just, or is this something he just thought he has in the same way that like some colored people may not even have Malaysian heritage, but consider themselves Cape Malay. Wait, 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 when does Kendrick claim that he has Zulu heritage? I mean, straight up, right? Like in a, uh, Complexion is literally called complexion, uh, bracket a Zulu love. Bracket. He's not saying that he has. He's not saying that he has Zulu heritage. Yeah, no, no, that's the first time he mentions it. But I think it's Black of the Berry or You Ain't Gonna Lie. One of those songs. He like says something. He talks about like Zulu shit so much. It's, it's funny how a Zulu went close to my go to war. Two tribal homies. He's refer. He's 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 no. He's using it as a metaphor to talk about the the Bloods and Crips. Damn, bro, that's... He's not saying he's Zulu, bro. Okay, but like straight up, most Americans don't know shit about South African... uh, Like even black Americans probably don't know shit about like uh, South African, you know... Oh yeah, 100%. So the fact that he was talking about this and seemed to really know some shit, it seemed to me like, okay, is he? Like like that's just something I thought that maybe like he, he might be, you know? No, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. To me, to me, it's just it's just a metaphor for describing the Bloods and Crips going to war. Uh, where is it? Oh yeah, it's Black of the Berry. It's another song I thought was perfect, and he has a line there that's just is like wild. Like I'm a proud monkey. My heart. He says in that song. And then I want you to recognize line, that I'm a proud monkey. My dick yeah. is big. My hair is nappy. My nose is running wide. Love that. Bruh, proud monkey. Like damn. Like. That's how you want to say it, Jesus Christ! I, you, yeah. you know why? You know why I love that line, though. You know why I love that line yeah. is because he's claiming like no one can make yeah. fun of him if you if you claim that, bro. Like it, it's so damn. fucking unapologetic. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, and it's it's such a hard bar to listen to. It's like, oh, why would you say that about yourself? But then you're like, damn, he's really just trying to claim that. No, like, oh, it's crazy. There's another super hard bar in that song, which is my heart black. No, no. I think he says my skin black or something's black, like the heart of an Aryan. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my, oh. My, my, <laughs> I mean, I'm a pissed apart. My, 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 my skin is blacker than the heart of an Aryan. I think that's what he says. Yeah. And I was just like the heart of a, the heart. Of, Jesus Christ. But like when I caught that, I'm like, damn, <laughs> like that made me like double take for a minute. See, yeah. it's, it's because of, it's because of little things like that, where everyone claims that it's such a political album. Mm. Uh, and there's another thing I want to talk about, like, there's a thing Kendrick does in this album a lot, which I totally understand, but yeah. like there, which is the whole, um, you know, we were, we came from kings, from royalty, you know, where he's trying to reclaim that it's N-E-G-U-S, you know, negus, as in the Ethiopian word for like a ruler. Right. And like, I, I get where that comes from, like wanting to reclaim power. Yeah. The, the, in my opinion, the problem with that is that ultimately these kings and rulers were also oppressors to their own people. So I think that's so I, so like you look you look in Damn and there's some of that black Israelite like Hotep shit on that album. Yeah. You can kind of stem in here because like straight up if you don't if because you can totally think of yourself as a king or a queen as a way to like reclaim power because you know when you come from like from people who've been enslaved and colonized but if you get too far deep into it you may start thinking that like kings are something to be idolized and not like chop the heads off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I think, I think, um, it's, it's a little bit more of a surface level than that. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, it's not as deep as I think you were, you thought yeah. it maybe, but yeah. Uh, I'm getting out my other notebook cause the notebook I was writing in ran out by the time I got to the, the movie we watched. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like that's basically, I think all I have to say on the album. I mean, in closing, it is a mass, it is a jazz rap masterpiece, but in a very different way that Mad Villainy is. It's mm. a lot 
it's a lot it's it's a lot more layered a lot more complex but it does it's almost it, it's in a way almost more mainstream because of all the bangers that's on it right but like yeah like it's a really fucking good album that i honestly ha do have some problems with and like uh, you know i don't think it's but like it's not like I'm, I'm pretty sure if i had a long discussion with mf doom we might we might disagree on some shit too you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah yeah like i can't ex like i can't expect the music every the art i like to be perfect with like my fucking worldview you know what i mean yeah so i think that's what i want to close off on like this album is a fucking masterpiece but there's definitely some stuff in it that i think doesn't make sense or may not be all that well thought out okay that's fair that's fair um in closing i'd like to say that um this album to me uh okay actually i'd like to just reiterate the point that i made earlier whereas it's a hard listen you can't just put it on casually you have to really take your time with this album and read the lyrics that's what i'd say i'd say you've got to read the lyrics and try to find the deeper meanings yeah. behind everything but also at the same time it's not quite as deep with the political stuff it's more it's more of just a big metaphor for kendrick leaving the hood yeah. and seeing what what it was actually like i mean i mean like as i said earlier he compares the zulu and and Kosa's going to war uh against the bloods and crips so it's a whole it's a whole lot of stuff like that and if you take it at face value it'll seem like like it's it's ignorant but i don't think it's meant to be taken at face value like yeah. that yeah but then what like if you go in too deep you might realize that it's not that deep but it yeah. is there for a reason exactly it is very much a part of his experience as a black american man you know what i'm saying definitely definitely yeah so thanks everyone for uh for listening we really really appreciate it um you know i have no idea where we'll be in terms of like uh people who have listened to our podcast and stuff by now because this is we're recording this way in advance um so yeah, yeah. but but we we really do appreciate it thank you for listening um i hope you guys learned something you know about these albums if you have listened to them if you haven't go go check them out you know uh you might enjoy them so that's all i have to say really. hmm. take care everyone <laughs>